Guess what day it is what today? What day is it today? It's book release it's day! All right. <laughs> every year, every book release. It's kind of our thing. It's kind of our thing. You we know, debated to not open with that, but no, you debated. I with debated. Not, I, however, Ryan am has remained faithful. I'm unwavering in my commitment <laughs> to that part of our podcast. It's from the office. If you don't know, like we're not just playing a random Kelly Clarkson song. If you don't know it, you just if, you don't know. So I'm sorry. You have to ask. You don't get to know. That's the thing. <laughs> Although I just told you. So today is actually, so it's not only a book release day, but it's part three of a four-part kind of mini-series we're doing on the podcast where we are covering uh, kind of four big ideas within this new book that's releasing, See Through Marriage, the one that we're actually celebrating about. It's released today. I just realized I haven't said the name of the book yet, so it's <laughs> See Through Marriage, uh, and you can learn more about it at seethroughbook.com. But today we're going to be talking about uh, knowing thyself or, how, or seeing through yourself, and we're going to cover two. Well, two big ideas, and the second idea has three subparts. <laughs> the first big idea is that is it even biblical to know and to want to know ourselves mm. better, to discover ourselves? Is that even biblical? Is it, is it a worthwhile pursuit from a biblical standpoint? So that's the first big one. And the second big one is, okay, given that it is biblical, which you'll find that we <laughs> kind of give it away, uh, then uh, we talk about three aspects of knowing yourself and how they practically work themselves out in your marriage. So thank you for joining us on this special book release day for See Through Marriage. Anyway, we will see you on the other side. Welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast, where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in. Here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage, sex, communication, finances, priorities, purpose, and everything in between. Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid, gospel-centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage. All right, I'm going to share a quote with you real quick. This, this guy, Ryan Frederick, he's pretty good. <laughs> At writing things. Anyways. <laughs> and, <laughs> Just as good as you are at articulating things. <laughs> hey. In every significant sense, it's God who deserves the credit for the people we become and the salvation we receive. However, there's nothing faithful about being about ignorance of self, even with your core identity secured in Christ. As Christians, we are called to deny ourselves, not to be ignorant of ourselves. I, I feel like that is at the core of some of what we're going to be talking about today because mm -hmm. there's a whole cultural like push about knowing ourselves right there's this whole motivation right. um which we will get into and and i feel like when when we even talked about writing some of these chapters about knowing yourself we were like oh this isn't it, it we yeah. need to but like there's something that needs to be gleaned and talked yeah. about here but so something really changed in my heart and going in the kind of asking those hard questions and having those hard conversations with you because you know intrinsically that I think as a person, you know that there's value in knowing yourself. I think the question comes is when we can tend to idolize knowledge of self or idolize ourselves to such a point that we're like, if I can just discover enough about myself, I can finally have this some sort of realized uh, salvation, right? And I don't mean eternal. I mean, like we'll have reached the pinnacle of our existence. Right. And that's, and that's the struggle, but that, 
the changing point for me is really summarizing that last sentence is as Christians, we are called to, to, to deny ourselves, not to be ignorant of ourselves. Mm-hmm. So those two things aren't the same. Right. So it's one thing to, to just, <laughs> to just not know enough about yourself to right. know and to just be kind of passive in your own life, in your yeah. own. It's another to be aware of how God has wired you and to say, I'm going to, I'm going to give even that over to Christ. Right. I'm going to give that over to my spouse in the name of self-sacrifice or in the name of sacrificial love, I should say, because well, of the sacrifice of Christ. Right. And when we're repenting, right, we're repenting of things that we've done that we know about ourselves. We know the mm. sin of ourselves. Last week, Tuesday and Thursday, we released the first two parts mm-hmm. of this four-part series. The first part was sex. So like sex and intimacy <laughs> just, just exudes. Okay. Sex. So we talked about uh, what it means to have a see-through sex life and how to um, how that's a means to um, right commu- communication, which is the second point. Yes, which was the second topic we covered on the second episode. <laughs> um, hard talks, having tough conversations around sensitive things, and being uh, and mastering really this art of see-through communication. Mm. And so here we are today. Uh, yep. Um, and these aren't actually, so these, these coincide with sections and chapters in see through marriage. Um, but they aren't in the same order. This is actually one of the earlier sections of the book is the see through self, because you can't really have these hard conversations or experience see through intimacy. If you don't even know yourself well enough to be able to talk through or walk right. through, right. um, whatever the, whatever is being seen in and through you. So awesome. So here we go. Yeah. So is that's the big question. The first big question that Selena said is: Is it even faithful? Is is a is it a faithful thing for a believer to know themselves? Well, and before we go into that, I just want to deeply. St- okay. <laughs> before we go there, we just want to lay this foundation of our conversation of that the that we are all as God's people. We have to remember that our identity is grounded in Him and not ourselves. Um, that we're made righteous in Christ, not by our own efforts, but by the life, death, and resurrection of Christ. And we've been grafted into God's family. Um, and those are those are kind of foundational, I think, for where we're going to jump off of. And to know that, well, I guess this will be more in the conversation. So I'll just I'll just leave it there. I want us to I, I, I want to put all the caveats in here, but like you can't do that really. So yeah, we're just going to start there. I think we and, should honestly. I think people know where we're headed. I think we cut to the chase and say. I know, it, but the convert, yeah, it's biblical to know yourself. Yeah, and why? Because it, that was a that was a question that we asked ourselves and we struggled with because there's just so much voiced around knowing yourselves. And we talked about in the last couple of weeks about Christ being like the centrality of things, right? Are we being Christ centered or are we self slash me centered, and how mm-hmm. that changes everything about how we um, understand and know God and how the gospel. Um, lives itself out, I guess, or how we live out the gospel in our own lives. Can we? I want to. I want to look at what exactly is the cultural thing that w- was rubbing us the wrong way, because I think that helps kind of others. Maybe for me, it was helpful to see those lies for what they are, right? And then kind of recalibrate them based on this biblical understanding. So right. what? I mean, let's just talk yeah. off, off script here for a minute. What is the culture's propensity for self worship or self whatever? Well, the whole like how can we go wrong here? idea if it's going to be, it's up to me. Like I need to, 
I'm the only one that can make changes. I need to discover those changes. And then I need to do those changes and make those changes in order to have the things that like I want or have the marriage I want or have the life online or whatever that I want, the body that I want, all the things okay. that I want. So by going inward, right, I'm able to have a greater outward projection or outward trajectory. Yeah, but I think it starts outwardly, right? We see things that we want. Okay, so we have hyper-individualism. And we have postmodernism, and there's this there's this intersection between I am ultimate, not my community, not my not my um, any sort of outside body of people or people themselves. I am ultimate. I'm the ultimate authority, and I'm the ultimate arbiter of my own destiny. That matched with this postmodern idea that there is no there are there's nothing absolute. Everything is completely in the eye of the beholder. So now I become the own, I'm, I'm my own creator at this point. Okay, we went back to the garden. I'm going completely off script, so I'm sorry. Yeah, good good job answering your question. I'm not going to answer your questions anymore that are on the script because <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> we go back to the garden. What it, when he, when when Adam and Eve fell, it was because they were trying to be God, right? They 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 had bought this lie that they could know something that God was holding out on them, right? And so when we refuse lordship of God, the authority of God, the authority of God's scripture, we then are accepting, whether explicitly or implicitly, ourselves as the ultimate authority. Mm-hmm. And so that's the problem that we are really wrestling with here is that we can tend to, in the name of self-knowledge, we can tend to uh, deify ourselves. We make ourselves into the ultimate authority of the God of our own destiny. And that, I, I think, is distortion. And it is a desti- the, the destiny then becomes one of, of despair and hopelessness. And um, if we don't turn to Christ ever, then um, condemnation, really, unfortunately. So... That's the risk that I think we run in going down the self-discovery path. Now, let's bring it back out of that <laughs> that deep <laughs> hole that just went in okay. and say, okay, now... Well, you say in the book, this and another quote that I really like, is the difference between God's call to self-knowledge and the world is a matter of motivation or centrality. The world's call to self-knowledge is self-centered, whereas biblical call to self-knowledge is Christ-centered, which I yeah. think essentially is, is all mm. of what you're saying. You're just painting it in a, a broader picture, which is always helpful. So what does that mean to be Christ-centered in our own, in our self-knowledge? Let's explore that for a minute. Um, what do you think? No, go ahead. And, you just lost uh, your no, word. Go document. ahead and answer that. You go ahead and answer that. <laughs> your ad block yeah, has I'm been not... updated. <laughs> um, so, so Christ-centered living, okay. Our Christ-centered existence says, I will know myself because, because of Jesus. Right. Out of what he, out of what he says, not, not out of myself or, or because of myself. Right. That's the difference. Right. And so any, any effort I put into knowing myself or making myself known to you mm-hmm. is, if it's Christ-centered, is for Christ's glory. Yes. Is for, yeah, is out of obedience to him. Well, and you found a really cool book that you were reading uh, by David Brenner, The Gift of Being Yourself. Mm-hmm. And he he said, there's no deep knowing of God without a deep knowing of self and no deep knowing of self without a deep knowing of God. Mm. And that is pretty pivotal, I think, in terms of, you know, understanding who we are because of Christ, right? And who mm-hmm. we are in Christ and who we are. Like, I was just wrestling with this when I was writing this of we we are dying to ourselves, but we're made new, right? Like we have a new self because of Christ. Hmm. And so knowing that old self helps us really understand and grow into that, not grow into, but like God no is sanctifying like, us into this new self, right? It's and, this foregone conclusion that has yet to be fully realized in us and that, yes, we are... We are. We stand before God saved, but we also stand here now in this world, 
not completely sanctified. Right. And so by seeing ourselves accurately, putting like clearing our lenses, so to speak, yeah. as we look into our own hearts, our own minds, our own tendencies, we can then begin to deal with more soberly who we are in a way that is going to be more Christ-centered. It's not just because I'm a means, I'm an end to myself. It's right. because Christ is the end and I'm a means to that end. Absolutely. And yeah. there, the Bible does make a, a call for us to to know ourselves and it, how it is good for us. It's it's glorifying to God. And I think we've probably made that case. Well, let's um, read a few verses, though. I no, mean, yeah. We're, I, 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 we're getting into, like, how, how does the okay. Bible instruct us and... Um, you know, we like to do the Westminster, the catechisms and all of that. And one of them that we talked about is what is the chief end of man? Um, man's mm. chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. And you say that if our primary purpose is to glorify God and enjoy him forever, then one of the major ways we live out this purpose is through sanctification, right? Yes. Yeah. If that's, I mean, if we buy into that truth, which as Christians, um, yeah, that is our ultimate end is to glorify God. So. Yeah, sanctification, purification. Then knowing ourselves becomes a means to that greater end. Right. Um, I have in here, um, this 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 st- struck me like a bat over the head when I had to stop. <laughs> but it says, what is every biblical call to mm-hmm. obedience, repentance, and righteousness, right. if not a call to self-knowledge and to an acknowledgement of our need for a Savior or our need for God? And so anytime God says, you want to go route A, I'm telling you to go route B. Go route B because you need to know that you're you're not God and I am. You need to know that mm. that way is going to lead to death and this way is going to lead to life. So trust me. And mm. so I have to acknowledge first that I'm I'm prone to not trusting God, right? And I need to trust Him even though I don't always see it. And so it's it's really a posture of humility, I think. Yes. Um, Christ centered self knowledge is really comes from a posture of humility, mm-hmm. and self centered self knowledge comes from a posture of of, of pride. Right, right. So, um, in Matthew seven, we see Jesus. I just wanted to look this up real quick. Verses one through three. One through three. Sorry, judge not that you be not judged. Uh, for with judgment you pronounce, you will be judged, and with the measure you will you use it, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that's in your own eye? Hmm. He's telling him to look inward and say, instead of looking outward and always pointing out others like faults and t- judging t- them. T- yeah, take a look inward and work on it first. Like understand that you're fallen first before you start telling everyone else that they're they're fallen. Right. Understand you're ugly before you're telling <laughs> everyone else you're u- they're ugly. Uh, the, 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 That's see. one way to put it. <laughs> First Corinthians 11, uh, Paul is talking to the Corinthians about communion. And he says, let a person examine himself then. And so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body, eats and drinks judgment on himself. So there's this call to, uh, to being knowing and understanding yeah, and, ourselves, and a sober understanding. Yes. Like it's a serious thing. It's not a, it, it's serious. In the, it's seriously awesome. It's seriously scary simultaneously yeah. Yeah. as we look inward. See the same thing in Psalm 139. Yeah. When, um, he says, uh, search me, O God, and know my heart, try me and know my thoughts and see if there are any grievous way in me. In Lamentations 3, he says, let us test and examine our ways as the nation of Israel and return to the Lord. This is actually after the destruction of Jerusalem. He's saying, oh, man, wow, this destruction has happened in, in our kingdom. Mm. Let us examine ourselves and see how, like, how our own hearts have gone astray. It's so good. Uh, and it goes on. I mean, there's in First Peter and Haggai and Proverbs. There's all kinds of stuff. So. Yeah. And the big takeaway, again, is we have to align our hearts with the heart of God in it. 
that it's good and right for us to know ourselves hmm. as a means, like you said, of being made holy, to be able to serve each other and to know God more faithfully. Yeah. So there are some benefits. I think we've made the case that we need, there's a difference between self-knowledge in the world sense and self-knowledge and understanding in the biblical sense uh, and through the lens of the gospel. And so there, there's some benefits that we're going to talk through. Um, three actually, of having, of being see-through to ourselves. So knowing ourselves, mm. knowing kind of our tendencies, our faults, um, and also understanding, we'll talk later about, you know, things like spiritual gifts and knowing yourself spiritually and physio- physiologically and psychologically. So right. first things first, what are some of the benefits of being see-through to ourselves? Um, the first one we talk about uh, comes from James uh, 1, 22 through 25, um, the benefit that we are saying is that if you know yourself, you'll grow in holiness. Right. And this is this is a byproduct, right? This is not what we're striving for. This is a byproduct of knowing um, knowing ourselves. Right, right. So it says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. Right. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. So we see God's word, you know, just to back up a little bit, we were re- reiterating this conversation of mm. self-knowledge is crucial ingredient, right, to the process of sanctification, and it's how we participate in God's glory. So God's word is instructing us to know God's law, his commands. Mm. Um, and to see ourselves rightly, right? But we can't see ourselves rightly unless we are seeing ourselves through the gospel, seeing ourselves through through God, um, and thus seeing our faults, our sinful nature. Yeah, and it was James, it was in verse one, it was uh, James one twenty four where he says, and after we look into a mirror, right? That's what I just read, yeah. yeah. 1 through 22 Did you read that 25. far? Oh, mm-hmm. Sorry, I must have been sidetracked. I was, I was <laughs> trying to find John 15, which is the next <laughs> the one. The next one, yeah, it's in um, here. But, okay, yeah, so we have that... I mean, we'll grow in holiness is the big kind of first benefit is we can start to root out what mm. we call those enemy uh, outposts, outposts and say, oh, wait, this tendency in me is to I'm insecure in this way. Well, why am I insecure in this way? Oh, because I'm actually believing that my that my identity resides in this thing mm. in my career or in my spouse or in my physical appearance or in my health or in my kids or in my mm. job or in my income or in the car I drive or anything outside of <laughs> Christ, yeah. right? And so if you, but you don't, you know, you'll never know those things unless you actually know yourself right. until you actually take a, take a moment to stop, you to see, think and yeah. reflect. Mm-hmm. Oh, where's that word? Reflect. Oh, it's almost like looking at a mirror. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like looking at right. ourselves, right. trusting that it will bear fruit of holiness in our lives. Of course, we, when we see those parts in our lives, it's, it's then that's the, re- the act of repentance and believing is handing it over mm. to Jesus and saying, uh, this is, I need to give this to you because, because yeah. you are my identity, not this thing that I'm looking at. So good. Um, so if we're growing in holiness, it says the second benefit would be if you know yourself, you'll bear more fruit, which is what mm. you were talking about. Yeah. So fruit is obviously the fruit <laughs> of what is going on inside of our hearts, inside of our lives, and what the work of Christ in us, um, the sanctification. Mm. So John fifteen five, you want to read that? Yes, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. 
If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. Mm. But if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. Yeah, so the the picture of abiding um, and being made fruitful. Okay, so we're, we're growing in holiness and we're bearing more fruit. Mm. Um, there's a lot to be said about what it means to abide in Christ uh, and what that verse is getting at, but... Um, if we know ourselves and we, it goes, I think kind of it follows that if we are rooting out unholiness, then I think we are bearing, um, we are at least making more fertile and making more soft the soil that will bring forth fruitfulness. Mm. And so by ab- abiding in the vine, if we're being grafted into the vine, think about it for just a minute right. on a grapevine. There's and so much that goes into so this. much here, like, <laughs> yeah. but it's the one that's rooted. Right. And so we are, we are. We are beneficiaries of of the roots the of roots. that vine. Now, yeah. if Christ is our vine and we are the branches and we are grafted in, mm. then we are clearly identifying ourselves as people who are not self. We're not self sustaining. Right. I cannot. I can't replace Christ's root. Like if I try to be a branch by myself, I'm just laying on the ground, going to get some roots growing. Stick, like well, you, you can't. can't stick a branch in the ground and expect roots to grow. Not that I know of. Not. <laughs> I with don't think you can. Um, our care, our girls have tried. <laughs> I've tried. <laughs> I planted a tree. Yes, right. <laughs> Metaphorically, on so, all levels, we have tried. <laughs> so, we'll, well, as we grow in holiness, we'll bear more fruit. We'll grow in fruitfulness, and then the third benefit of being see through, and there are more, but these are the ones that we kind of covered. We'll cover today is if you know yourself, you'll connect more deeply with others. Um, we're going to talk about this a lot in the next next episode, which comes out in two days, mm-hmm. um, about what Christian community looks like. But um, by knowing ourselves, we're actually able to be known more. Like we can't we can't make known to others what is still obscured to ourselves. Right, right. Sure, they can observe things in us that we don't know. They can they can uncover blind spots. But when it comes to these deep heart motivations, these deep ways that we're usually good at masking right we have to know those things well and i sorry you you're moving too fast today so i would like to back up on the second point one more time of if you know yourself you'll bear more fruit um you know you discussed it being how personal growth is good but it's not ultimate so we see Hmm. again this contrast of why why the bible calls us to um, bear fruit, but to also understand that personal growth is not just look at me. I've grown, right? Mm. It's, it's to bear fruit. And why do we bear fruit? Like you just keep asking the whys, right? Like why are we called to personal growth? Not just to grow, but we're called to grow in order to bear fruit. And then why are we, why are we bearing fruit for the glory of God? Right. And for those around us to be able to partake and, and most good things, you wrote this are only good to the extent that they stir our affections for Jesus and assist us in serving him more faithfully. So Mm. again, we see the production of fruit helping us serve him right more faithfully, uh, in that. So there's so much there in terms of like the vine and the branches. I mean, Mm. it's, I mean, if, yeah, there's just, I'll read this thing. I think I feel like it sub it summarizes it. It's undeniable that as Christ followers, we're called to die to ourselves in our pursuit of living for him. Mm. Personal growth is acceptable and healthy for Christians, but our desire to discover and improve ourselves should stem from a deeper desire to love God with more of whatever quote unquote self we discover. Right. And I mean, let's talk about like examples. And so when you talked about like the third, if you know yourself, you'll connect more deeply with others. 
um, we'll experience like deeper fellowship with, with our spouse. But I guess what's an example of us, um, like when I, when I know something about myself, right, I know that I tend to be prideful. Uh, mm. I tend to be bent towards impatience and anger uh, more than I do patient, <laughs> being patient and being yeah. humble and slow to anger. So by knowing something like that about myself, right, I can see God's word, see that what are those things that produce, like the Holy, the Spirit, fruit of the Spirit, I'm sorry, I'm lost for words, I'm, there's an idea and it's coming. <laughs> the Holy Spirit produces fruit in our lives, right? If I am dealing with impatience a lot, if, if the fruit of the Holy Spirit is not being produced in my life, and I want the fruit of the Holy Spirit, I w- that means I, I want more of Jesus. I want more of Him in my life, and I'm recognizing the fact that I am falling short here, and I'm always going to, right? I'm always yeah. going to in my own accord. And so... so I, I want to pause there for a minute, because the fruit of the Spirit... Galatians 5, that's in contrast to the fruits of the flesh. Mm -hmm. And the call in Galatians 5 is to walk in Mm -hmm. the Spirit. So that, without self-knowledge, knowing, knowing, hey, I'm really impatient with my kids. I'm really impatient with my spouse. Or I'm just impatient in general. (laughs) uh, That is walking in the flesh. I see that I'm walking in the flesh in that area. Now I can turn that over to God and say, I'm going to walk according to the Spirit. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm going to choose patience. By the power of Holy, the Holy Spirit, I'm going to ask God to give me patience, first oh, off. It's always a scary prayer. It's always a scary prayer. <laughs> I'm going to say, God, please help me be more patient. Uh, now I'm going to walk out. And that starts in a place of self-knowledge. Again, not just so I can muster up the strength to be more patient and act like a more patient person, but right. I can actually become a more patient well, person. Well, and that's a hard thing because I always, I always read those like blogs or things about wives and moms and they're like, I know moms, like you're feeling you know, just run down and impatient, but lean into God for that. And I'm just like, how though? How, how do I like, right. Yeah. Does God just give me patience? And honestly, in those moments, I think God just is gracious to let me experience them over and over until I say, okay, God, I'm going to trust you and I'm not going to respond the way that I want to respond. I'm going to trust you and I'm going to respond out of patience. I'm going to respond out of humility, right? I'm not going to just bulldoze friends or bulldoze my husband and how he should do this and how he should fix that. But I'm going to sit here graciously and ask questions. I'm going to be patient with him. I'm going to, if that's not, sorry, if that's not refusing to walk in the flesh and choosing instead to walk in the spirit, I don't know what is. Right. I mean, that's, that's what it, that's the how, right. Right. Is, is (laughs) that's that's the how (laughs) (laughs) that's the how if we, it's in those moments that that's where the Holy Spirit is so faithful. If we are humble and we listen and mm. we have asked God to convict us, he will. He is so faithful to convict us. Yes. And so it's always in those moments you're like, I'm getting ready to lose it with my kids because they're not listening. Or I'm getting ready to lose it in a fight with you because I feel like you're not listening, which right. uh, doesn't always happen. You listen I perfectly. I always listen. Uh, that's right. But I can I can feel that little, like, the, the still small voice. Ryan, you can choose to live to walk in your flesh in right. this, or you can choose to walk by the Spirit. So that's and how that's do we how. know what is what? Because we are in God's Word and we're reading it and we're communing with others and we're praying. Right? right? We are we are walking in the Spirit, and yes. So, so. we're gonna. I, I want to just briefly cover because a lot. All this is covered in great detail in our book. Uh, obviously, we want you to buy the book because we believe <laughs> sure. in the book, and our publishers would be We've happy. Covered like three chapters right now, people. So no, not really. We're getting into. I mean, one and a half. One. That's one chapter. What we just covered the 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 high points of the chapter. Yes. We get into a lot more detail, but also so 
the next three chapters talks about what aspects of ourselves can we really explore and get to mm. know. And the first one is spiritual self. The next one is physiological self. And the final one that we discuss is your psychological self. So just quickly, how can someone get to know their spiritual self? Selena, Selena wrote this chapter so eloquently. <laughs> so ready, go. <laughs> it was a yes. So Paul talks about our inner man. In, there's a lot of verses about it. And so we, we're talking about inside our inner man. Like our spirit contains, you know, our inner man, which is in your spirit is right your mind will emotions all those things i don't want to sound new agey so i want to be really clear what you mean by that it's the part of you that's not physical exactly okay and that's why you say inner man it's not like this third eye that we're seeing the world (laughs) through (laughs) no no it's this mind's eye no it's 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 a biblical concept the the not flesh part of ourselves yes good okay (laughs) so how do we get to know that part of ourselves and and namely paul talks about the the inner man but also spiritual gifts right right and you went to great length we went at great length talking about the spiritual gifts and you got cut, but it's fine no. well it was a long <laughs> it was chapter long. it was a long chapter and we cut it down for your reading pleasure <laughs> for your reading enjoyment so can we just read this list i know you got something else primed up there Absolutely. but can we read this nope. list so prophecy service teaching encouragement giving leadership mercy and then there's a list uh, that's from romans 12 and then first corinthians lists a word of wisdom the word of knowledge faith healing miraculous powers Prophecy, again, distinguishing or discerning between spirits, uh, speaking in tongues, interpretation of tongues. Okay, these are just out of the Bible. Okay, and then we also have another list from 1 Corinthians 12, healing, helps, government, with some translations call this guidance, uh, various kinds of tongues. So right. there's a lot of cans of worms in there because there's depending on what, <laughs> what like, church oh stream you goodness, swim in. We're going to read them all. Well, we didn't, I mean, we don't we're teach on every... We're not defining teaching them, but we're, we are listing them out to be able to... And they're in scripture, so... Yes. Go to we the messenger. to be messengers here. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, no, but it's important to know ourselves spiritually and to know, you know, some of the gifts that maybe God has given us. And I feel mm-hmm. like typically in our marriage, there's more, we have different gifts, right? And we, we need to know those and understand where they kind of fall because yeah. we can help each other in those. We can love each other through those. So that's, yeah. That's the spiritual the spiritual self. In a very small in nutshell. In a very small nutshell. Um, and then the next one we talked through is physiological, which is basically knowing your... Your natural body, your natural yeah. self. Like, am I hungry? Probably. <laughs> no, it's more than that. Um, you know, First Corinthians talks about how the body is a temple. And so by mm. knowing, you know, that our body is a temple, how are we treating it? How are we, like knowledgeable about it right mm. yeah and you even went in to talk about like your family of origin and, and it's from like a genetic level a right. little bit like how are you wired uh, and predisposed based on how you were raised yes. and uh and f- f- from a physiological standpoint we get into the psychological piece next which is the how are you wired part right um again we're glossing over this very quickly because we're out of time <laughs> but the psychological <laughs> Go get the one, book people <laughs> you gotta get the book uh, and the psychological piece is really looking at uh what the common grace of psychology and right. how God has given us the ability to look inward and have, having a self-consciousness and how profound that is to have a self-consciousness, to be aware, to, to know that I am an individual, Selena is an individual, now we are interacting and, and right. how are we predisposed right. uh, based on our past. We talk about a few like personality type <laughs> assessments that you could go through. Yes. Again, all in the name of what? Just being a better you? No. 
being more glorifying to Christ, right. being seen through by yourself, seen through by your spouse. Understanding that you are God's creation and that he created yeah. you for a purpose. And these mm. are the purposes. Uh, part of that, obviously, is being, like you said, seen through, being known to yourself, to your spouse, to the community around you. Yeah. Yeah. So so we talk about how sin marred the mind, but there's methods of mind renewal that God has given us. And, you know, the whole do not be transformed uh, or be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Uh, it's not a replacing of your mind, mm. but a renewal of your mind. And how, Which means if something's renewed, there's got to be an old way that was in there or something old, yeah. right? Yep. And that's yep. how we know ourselves is how we know kind of our old selves. And the gospel has renewed us. He's yeah. showing us a new way of life. Yeah, I just want to read some of this list here real quick. It says, all believers are called into the battle between their flesh and the spirit. God has commissioned us into the fight for our psychological selves. We fight temptation through Holy Spirit-fueled self-control. We contend for our minds by reminding ourselves of God's great promises. We thwart the attacks of the enemy when we invite others into our own emotional struggles. Finally, we exert control over our psychological selves when, like David, we ardently question, why are you cast down on my soul? Mm. So, uh... Anyway, we get into the psychological kind of uh, uh, intricacies of that. <laughs> also, emotional intelligence. We talk about IQ being a thing. Well, EQ is actually a thing. Mm. Um, so I guess as, as someone listening to this, instead of just getting an overview of the book, emotional maturity is really the ability to recognize emotions in yourself and to call out emotions correctly and kindly in others mm. and to be able to articulate those back to those people. So if you have That's an emotionally immature, immature spouse or an emotionally immature marriage, this is going to be very hard to have emotional talks. Mm. But if you don't even know that you're emotionally immature, it's going to be even harder. <laughs> So you can't grow in an area if you think you're, you, there is not even an area to grow in, or if you can't grow in an area yep. if you're completely blind to it. This is why knowing ourselves matters. Yeah. Yeah. In the next, uh, I think in one of the next episodes of the, the normal podcast, we're probably going to be talking about um, neglect, like spousal mm. neglect. And I think a lot of times we, we tend to neglect the emotional maturity of ourselves yeah. or the emotional development of our spouse because we're just ignorant yeah. of its value and of its presence in our lives. So, yeah. So a couple's conversation challenge is just to get your physical Bible out, not on your phone, get your Bible out and read aloud Psalm 139 together. Take some time and consider how this psalm affects your lives and your marriage. So write down and discuss verses and or promises that stand out to you both. Hmm. All right. 139 is a long one. It'll keep you in the Bible for a little, little, little time. And it's good. It's good for our souls. Hmm. So get get your Bible out with your spouse. Read it aloud. Your kids can be there, too. That's great. They need to hear the word. Yeah. Um, and take some time to discuss those. Yeah. And promises. since uh, to go along with that conversation challenge, here's your, your challenge as well. Go buy See Through Marriage. <laughs> <laughs> because, you guys, we talk through all this stuff. If you're thinking, man, this episode wasn't very helpful. They covered too much too briefly. We're saying that it's all in the book, and honestly, we just don't have time to go through it. Plus, we really want you to get your hands on this because our whole mission, we talked about commissioning cu couples for Christ, mm. pointing pointing couples to Christ and commissioning them from the gospel. Well, it's evolving. Mm. Our mission's evolving. We want to create discipleship opportunities for you guys to go deeper because we can't do that for you. Yeah. And so this book, honestly, is, it's, it took a <laughs> lot of hard work to write it, and we yeah. hope that you would uh, get your hands on it. Uh, go to seethroughbook.com, or you can find it on Amazon or Barnes & Noble or anywhere the book is available the um, book all the, the book, books all the books are available <laughs> um anyway we're just really hoping that it blesses you yeah. and that you can actually live uh, in live in the light more completely mm. as a couple as an individual it's not for your own 
not for your own glory, but for God's glory and for the health of your life, the health of your marriage. Um, he is faithful. He is faithful. Mm. So is that it? All right. All right. Join us in a couple of days. We will be talking about uh, Christian, com- true Christian community or being seen through by others. Mm. And uh, we're going to define those terms really clearly because it may not be what you think. And uh, we hope you'll join us. Was that titillating enough? <laughs> I know how you love being titillated. <laughs> Anyway, folks, thank you for listening. This episode is... In the can. See you in two days. Until then... Stay fierce. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com or you can find us with our handle at Fierce Marriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's blessed you. Take care. Take care.